you for listening to this message from the Northgate. Anyway, I just wanted to get up here and just tell y'all how proud we are of you guys. This weekend, everything that happened, people coming from multiple states and getting to experience the love of the Father that, that they did, that, that extent that they did, the experience they had is because of the oil that has been brought to the lamp that you all initiated, that you initiated that day. And I love that the picture is back there in the youth room of you over here from that very first night. And it has the fire on, your, on the head that Joe and Mel taught that we all get our own individual flame. So you guys initiated that and everybody else got to just come in and enjoy the presence of the Lord because you guys have hosted him so well. And we're just super proud of you and the way that you guys just went for it. I was telling Apostle Mama T, it was so cool to see you guys all sitting over here and you couldn't tell who was from where because you guys were so welcoming to everybody. You couldn't tell what kid was from a different state or the North Gate. Sorry, y'all. Oh, shoot. I have to take this. Hello? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of something right now. Um, Who is it? Uh, it's, it's a really important call. I'm going to need to take this. Do you mind if I step out real quick? I need to... No, no, no. We got things to do. I'm, I think I'm going to have to call you back. All right, let me call you in just a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, all right, bye. How many of you get frustrated when you're texting somebody and call somebody? And somebody interrupts you and it's, you think it's the most important thing in the world. Raise your hand. How many of you? How many of you? She told me it was important. She told me it was an emergency. And I told her I don't care. Do you understand what's happening? She got on her cell phone. She said it was an emergency. She said it was important. And I, not knowing anything, watch, watch, watch. You guys ready to see this? I, not knowing anything that's going on in the conversation interrupted, distracted the conversation so that she would focus on me. She said it was an emergency. She said it was an important. And I said I didn't care. I could not hear anything that was being said to her. Do y'all understand that? But I came in and distracted anyway because I wanted to make it about me. Was that honorable? Oh. Tonight's about honor. Tonight's also about distractions. Okay, tonight's about honor, but tonight's also about distractions. See, what's funny, some of you are started laughing. You don't realize who he is. Who is he? So why is that funny? See, because when we're in church services, you never know how he's going to show up. See, this is our carnal, worldly idea of who Jesus is. But sometimes he comes in a jump. Sometimes he comes in joy. Sometimes he comes in tears. And when we're in his house, when we're in his house, we should be focused on what? Where is he? He just called her name. I don't know why she's facing me right now. I don't know why she's facing me. If he's in the room, 
Should she even be focusing on me? If she came here to find him, why is she even focused on me? Because you know what happens? We distract people from why they came in this room. Listen, don't, don't make this about teenagers. You adults have too many side conversations too. When we get in this room, we're going after him. We're going after him. We're going after him. He is the center of attraction. He is the center of focus. And we need to start looking at some people when it's time to go after God and say, not right now. You could have called me six times this last six days. You could have called me the last 12 hours of this day. Not right now. Not right now. Does it, 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 listen, the building's not being burnt down. Distraction. We miss the deepest encounters with God because we're worried about everybody. She's looking at me again. Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me? He's here. See how easy that is for us to get our eyes on men? Even sometimes if they're the main speaker or the main focus of the service, even if you're the worship leader, the pastor, or the preacher, all of our attention should be on Jesus. All of our attention should be on Jesus. We should be giving him our very best. We should be going after him with every fiber that's within us. Jesus has tried three times to have a conversation with her in what could be a worship setting, what could be an altar call, what could be dreaming for a city. Do you lock the dogs up? What are we having for dinner? Are these conversations that need to be taking place in this area right here? She needs to hear, I'm beloved. She needs to hear, I'm here for you. She needs to hear what he says about her. It's time for us in the body of Christ to realize that when we come into the house of God, there is a thing called reverence that we can walk in once again. And it's not religious. It's actually honor to God. Because I walked into this room. I came looking for him. Are we supposed to love each other? We are. Are we supposed to communicate with each other? We are. But our single most focus should be him first. And then if he's done speaking to me, then I can direct him or allow him to direct me to other people. A lot of times we come in here thinking that we got to minister to everybody when we won't let him minister to us first. The first ministry should be us first before we run into ministering to everybody else. That's why there's a leadership in this house because the leadership in this house is held to a standard that is Jesus first, the people second. Don't run around here and try to communicate and minister to other people if you're not willing to allow God to minister to you first. The greatest ministry you can do is be the first worshiper, be the one laying on the floor with tears running down your face. Listen, counseling, you, listen, leaders counseling is not even a strong point in the Bible. 
When the disciples after Acts 2 would meet people, they would say, do you know Jesus? They would say, nope. Then let's get baptized. Let's get baptized with fire. Let's get baptized with an encounter. Let's go for it instead of, hey, why don't you tell me everything that's going wrong with your marriage? Tell me everything that's going on with your life. What's going on in your teenage world? That's not how the disciples counseled anybody. They said, let's get so deep in the place of encounter and not get distracted by anything but we live in a culture where we're distracted by everything. And so we're having to reteach you in this house how to not be distracted in worship because it's actually dishonorable that when somebody's coming in here to go after God, you want them to be more focused on you than you do them being focused on Jesus. Because our main thing in honor is to love God with all of our heart, soul, and might. And then love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And we're going to have to come to the place when we're in this house, when we're ready to go. I didn't want to have to do what I did Saturday night, but I had to. Why are we running around treating this place as common? Northgate, we roll different than everybody else. Apostle told us we're Kramer. You come into the Northgate, we're going after Jesus. We're not here for any second best. We're not here. This is not a country club. We're not here for side conversations. We're here to go after God with every fiber that's within us. And adults, we have to be the first worshipers so our children can be first worshipers. And we have to operate in the highest degree of honor towards God, towards ourselves, and towards others. And so in that, my first thing in honor should be I'm going after God with every fiber that's within me. I've been a leader for so long, nobody's ever had to tell me to jump. Nobody's ever had to tell me to raise my hands. Nobody's ever had to tell me to lift my voice. Nobody's ever had to tell me to go after God with every fiber that's within me. Now, if you're going to lead with me, then I shouldn't have to look at you and say, why are you not engaged? That's not a knock on my leadership. Because they are engaged. But there's other people that think they're leaders that are not leaders, that are not engaged. Our first thing to do is all of us should lead each other into the presence and glory of God, having a mindset that when I come into this building, I'm going after Him. Because yeah, I may not need Him big today, I may not need him big today, but somebody's wearing a mask and somebody's covering up how bad they need him. And I need to discern who is that person. So if I go after God with everything that's within me because I don't have a need, God will show me that I'm not supposed to talk to anybody, distract anybody, talk about nonsense inside of a 45-minute worship set that has nothing to do with going after God. Ooh, it's going to be one of these nights. Yes! Because we have a standard and a structure here that we never know who needs God. Does that mean you don't talk? Yes. I talked to Papa D a couple times during praise and worship. But it's right time, right moments. Sometimes we're just distracting because when Tina starts singing, you don't know if you can handle that much love. And you don't know if this is really that real. And so you start talking and you might be going through some things that you're hiding from everybody so you stand off disengaged and that is distracted which is not honor. Honor the love that is being presented to you. Honor the presence that is being presented to you. Honor the promises that he wants to sing over you and love over you and tell you how amazing you are. Don't let anybody come in and steal your eyesight from the one who loves you. Don't you ever let anybody come in and steal 
from you. Listen, Tina's my wife, but we've known of 17 years of marriage that when we get into the presence of God, there's just time to do things and times not to do things. The greatest thing for our marriage is that we as a couple go after God with everything that it's within us. I can talk about dogs being locked up, cleaning being done, bills being paid, this, do that. I can talk about all that stuff. When the preacher gets up and goes, are all hearts and minds cleared, you're dismissed. Until that point, when we come into his presence, he is the most singular, most important thing in our lives. And that will roll over that he becomes the singular, most important thing in everything in our life, at home, at work, and everything we do. It starts within you with your pursuit to him. All this building is is a launch pad for reverence and respect that you go live what you're doing in here out there. And if you can't engage him in here when we make it all about him, then I know you're not engaging out there when it's not all about him. You've got to learn to make it all about him in here. When children don't worship God, that means we play more secular music at home than we do worship music. We make a bigger deal out of Chris Stapleton than we do Jesus. So that's why when Miley Cyrus' party in the USA comes on, your children will jump and dance around and go buck wild. But we sing, thank you, Jesus, and they stare. I'm getting real tonight. I'm getting real tonight. Why? Because we're raising something that will change a culture. How do we do that? By honoring your presence encounter. Honor what has been put in front of you. And don't look back. It's a new day. It's a new you. It's time for new everything. Does that mean I discipline myself to do things? No. It just means make Jesus the center of your world. It just means be intentional. It just means go after God with every fiber that's within you because as you love on God, God will in return love on you. And as God is loving on you, you'll realize how much you're loved by him, how much he wants to co-labor dream with you, how much inheritance he wants to give you, how much promises he wants to give you. Listen, if you're feeling down in the dumps, just spend some time alone with Jesus. And even in a crowded room, you can so put your focus on him, you can drown out everybody else in the room. I have done it. I have been in a room where people are praying and going after God. And I felt like I got so close to Jesus. I left where I was. You're crazy. If I'm crazy, I crawled over in the glory of God, drunk in the Holy Ghost, going, Mike, Mike, I'm on a mountain. What do you mean? Does it look like this? Yes. He said, look to your left. Big Mike's on the other mountain. True or not true? There's dimensions of his love and his mysteries that are so deep, but you have to make him the center focus. And as you make Jesus the center focus and you honor God with everything that's within you, and listen, it's okay to just say no. Is this about drugs tonight? No. This is about you going after God 
and telling other people, not now. I didn't come here at 6 o'clock tonight to talk about the Cleveland Browns. I didn't come here at 6 o'clock tonight to talk about the Steelers. I didn't come here at 6 o'clock tonight to talk about what's going on in the political realm with Trump. I didn't come here at 6 o'clock tonight to talk about stuff that I can't change. But you know what? I can get so close to God that I can change my everyday world and my everyday life by just allowing Him to love me and me worship Him in spirit and in truth and be free to who I am supposed to be you guys hearing me tonight God's calling us into a deeper dimension of honor what the north gate yes and it's by doing this one simple thing remove distractions stop being distracted from the one great thing and it's Jesus but they're my friends if they're your friends then they know that you love him it's my family. Then if it's your family, they should know how much he means to you. If it's friends and if it's family, they should be all right. Not tonight. Not now. Not in this moment. No way. Not doing it. Going after God. Listen, when I land somewhere around 8, 9 o'clock, maybe 10, maybe 11, if it's really good, I'm here all night and I'll catch you tomorrow. We've got to start thinking for those kind of encounters. Listen, not right now, not in this five minutes. Is it really that? Tina, 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 Tina. It's six o'clock. She's about to go on the stage. Tina, 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 Tina. You could have texted her all day. You could have texted her the last five days. Unless your uncle, twice removed, is dying right now, you don't have to spill your whole world to Tina because guess what Tina's doing? The best thing she can do for you. She's going after God. She's going after God. And if that's your leader and that's the mama of the house, then follow suit to her. Not the one that sits in the back with his hands in his pockets and say he's soaking. That's not soaking. He's disengaged because there's something going on in his interior world because my worship isn't dictated off of good or bad of what's going on in my life. He's good, so I worship him and give him everything that I, I'm done with the religious. Oh, brother, I'm just betting. You ain't back doing nothing but hiding. I've been in this too long. And if that offends you, I know you're hiding. We were called to be wild and free in the honor and love of God to not be distracted by the nonsense of human everyday life that God could speak one word and it all change. I feel some my bones tonight, man. I want a revolution. I want an awakening. I want a revival that will sweep across America. How do we find that? Him. Jesus is revival. And if we're going to gather in a revival house, then from the youngest 12-year-old to these kids that are in first and second grade, I told you, I love what Sarah Beth said. In worship, I don't care about in the preaching. In worship, we're not going to sit there and color and read books. No, we're going to teach our kids to engage, to do the one thing they were created to do. And it's not be athletes and cheerleaders and dancers and trumpet players. They were created to worship God. We are going to teach from the youngest to the oldest, go after God and be intentional with your hands raised, with your heart wide, on your knee. I don't care what it looks like, but it ain't sitting in the chair and it ain't your hands in your pocket. I preached that for years and I'll still preach that, even in this age. Worship to God is not your hands in your pocket sitting there judging the room. 
Are you sitting back with your eyes closed, your head ticked back, saying, I'm soaking, while the whole room is going nuts dancing? That's not it. You're hiding. And we're not going to hide any from, anymore from what? The love of God. The love of God who wants to come in and revive you, bring renewal to your soul so that you can be the answer for your families and you can be the answer for your friends and you can be the answer for your generation. God wants you so baptized in love that you're having the time of your life, whether it's going good or whether it's going bad, you realize he's good. Does this make sense? So distractions are coming to an end tonight. How? Does that mean distractions won't be there? No. You just look at your distraction and tell him or her or it, no, not now. Not now. Not now. No, not now. Not now. Sickness comes. Not now. Don't just make this about people talking up here in worship. No, I'm talking about we've got three days of revival and the sniffles come. Nope, not now. Not now. Now I'm going to get up and I'm going to enjoy this day because this is the day the Lord is. You got to learn some scripture. This is the day. I don't care about your sniffles. Oh, brother, that sounds harsh. No, I'm done with infirmity in this church. I'm done with it. I need some sons and daughters of God to say, nope, not today. And you're sitting there going, well, we prayed and it didn't lift. Maybe if you walk out the door and walk and leave it at the house, God's wanting some real action rather than you being buried in things. It's time to remove distractions from our lives. And that was perfect because some of you would cat, kick, scratch, claw. If you're on your little phone texting, you're on your little phone talking, your phone's your God, not Jesus. If you get more mad that somebody distracts you from your phone, I can just announce to you right now, your phone, Apple's on the throne, than Jesus. Because ain't none of you getting mad when somebody distracts you from getting some Holy Ghost in the church. But you'll get real mad somebody take your phone away. You'll get, oh, you'll go, you'll go bananas like it's the end of your... Somebody take this from some of our teenagers and you guys think you've lost your mind. Ain't talked to God in three days. Does that mean you're a bad person? No, it means he's longing to talk to you. He's longing to talk to you. When my children begin to act out, I don't beat them. You know what I do? I take devices from them that make them selfish. What's that mean? Makes them selfish. When Buggy's on his switch, he's self-absorbed. When Trenton's on his phone, he's self-absorbed. When they're on the Xbox, they're self-absorbed in a fantasy world that is not real. You take that from them for about seven days and then all of a sudden they start realizing, oh my God, I have a family. I have a mom. I have a dad. Oh my God. I got church family. I got kingdom family. Like you get rewired in your mind. You can ask my kids. Their attitudes change. When I take the self-absorbing devices that bring their whole world into right here. But some of us are too emotionally attached to our children to take those things away from them because it hurts their little feelings. To take a little phone that you didn't pay for, and you don't pay the bill, and there are true old feelings, Cuddy, and Bobby and Daddy. I'm 17 years old, don't you take my phone? I got friends. Yeah, you'll see them at school. Stop. Some of you have acted like that. There's adults. Oh my God, I dropped my phone down the toilet. You shouldn't have been looking at your phone on the toilet. How do you drop your phone down the toilet? First of all, what were you, why were you looking at your phone while you're taking a poop? Let's just get real in the room. 
Yeah, got all of you. Got all you. Got all of you. No, you weren't taking selfies. You're taking a dump. So I know you weren't going. <laughs> Mr. Hanky the Christmas poo hanging out, waving at everybody. I just showed my age right there. <laughs> Listen, stop with the distractions. Stop. Understand that Jesus is the one thing. And when you understand that, you'll start being loved. And when you start feeling loved, it makes it easier to love other people. Watch, through good times and bad times. Now, here's what you have to ask yourself. I know some of you look at my relationship with me and my brothers and me and certain people. You look at me and Apostle Damon and it's like, he is always busting on you. But listen, you don't know how much more he loves on me than how he is sarcastic with me or jokes with me. Let me say this again. You're not in our relationship. So this is what I ask you when you honor other people. Are you loving them, affirming them, speaking life to them more than you're always cutting on them? And then when you're always cutting on them, do you then return, pick them up? Or are you trying to just cut them down so that you can be above them? Because right now in this youth group, we got this little thing where we're slapping each other in the head and we're trying to do all this stuff and we're doing, huh. like, you do that when you're 18. You're going to get your teeth knocked out. It's, it's, you, there's safety here. There's safety here. There's not safety at Ray's place in Kent. When the little five foot seven steroid construction worker just got off work, and you bump him and do that to him, and he just hits you and knocks your teeth out. How'd I know that? I was the little five foot seven construction worker that when the college boy went like that, I actually swung. It's quiet. It's the real world. And we have to start in here with the honor. There's a time and a place for everything. This is not the locker room. This is not the football field. This is not a place to be tearing people down. This is a place that you, when everyone leaves here, they should be lifted high. And listen, that's for my children to your children to adults in this room. Are we lifting people up? Are we encouraging them? Or are we constantly cutting them down? We need to understand that in the word of God, honor is a big deal. I'm gonna read to you how big of a deal it is when you operate in honor. Did you win or lose? All right, I'm sorry. I love you. See, come here, give me a hug, Jamie. We're all still Burl Strong. JV's got a better record than the varsity. <laughs> but did you notice that? See, I, honor, joke. But here, why can I joke with Talani? Because I affirm and love and lift Talani up more than I cut on her like that. That's what you have to understand. If you get around me and a BB, and you're sensitive and you're carrying insecurities, we will ruffle your feathers. But you know what? If you're insecure, you probably don't hang out with us. No, it's true because you can't handle it. You can't handle it when we start talking about your crappy football teams. We start talking about, and we just, we feel around till we find the little, oop, there it is. Oh, there it is. There it is. And then, blah, 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 like a rapid fire gun. <laughs> But you have to learn to do that with the people around you. From the oldest to the youngest, you have to learn what people's love languages are. And I'm not talking about the book of love languages. I'm talking about literally you got to know what lifts people up and brings them up. Encourage people. Speak life into them. If we're going to bring change into the world, then we want to be more encouraging than discouraging.
We want to be the people of honor for this city. You guys did an absolute, this is why I wanted to do live stream. You guys did an absolutely amazing job after services, going into restaurants, tipping people, being good uh, eaters, I guess. That's the easy way to say it. I don't know what word to use. Restaurant people. What's the name for restaurant people? Diners. Okay, you guys are being incredible diners. Thank you for my son who's going to be a better speaker than me one day. Might be better now. He already said he already is. See, that's confidence. But you know what he's doing? He just cut on me. And I'm not offended. Why? Because he loves on me. I don't know. He may cut on me more than he loves me, little sucker. But do you understand? You have to love God. The whole first part of this is about loving God. Now it's about loving one another so much that, listen, if I love you, if I say I love you, you can't let those words be cheap. Ladies, you can't let those words be cheap. Gentlemen, you can't let those words be cheap. Adults, you know how many times you've already been wounded because of those words became cheap and you wish somebody would have preached this message to you when you were 13, 14, 15, 16 and I ain't even landed this plane yet and when I land this plane, you're gonna wish you had this message when you were 13. Because here's the thing, to say I love you means I know you. Not know about you. To say I love you means I know that when I can't poke, I know when you're going through something bad, I know when you're struggling, I know when you're weeping. So I, I, I saw the look on Jamie's face when she came in. So you know what I'm not going to do? There's going to be no cutting, no picking. There's going to be nothing but love and affirmation and picking her up that I've got to make sure that the love that's in me, because I'm not broken right now, but she feels broken. We have to make sure that she's a big deal because Jesus that's why we can't be distracted inside of praise and worship because God wants to make a big deal out of everybody. But we got to start learning this. And the problem is the world don't know anything about that. That's why in the high school we do this kind of stuff and we smack each other in the head and then we talk about each other's and we talk about the way you look and we talk about your makeup and we talk about your pimples and we talk about your haircut. Don't act like it don't happen in the school. Even though every single one of you were fearfully and wonderfully made, we're allowing things in our public school system that is birthing dishonor and disrespect. And now the media thrives off of dishonor. They thrive off when a Britney Spears is losing her mind. They thrive off of when a Lindsay. They thrive in the destruction of dishonor. So somebody's got to become a house of honor. Yeah. So parents, you can get mad at me when I correct kids in here. You can get mad at me. They're seeing way too much junk eight hours a day in a school system, sometimes they're seeing too much dishonor between mom and dad at home. Sometimes they're doing nothing but being baptized in dishonor, 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 dishonor. That just as much as I'm making the presence a big deal in this house, you should make the presence a big deal in your house. And if your house doesn't have peace, I'd play worship music 24-7 in my house till I obtain peace. Not till I obtain revival. Till I obtain peace. And I would take honor to God, worshiping and praying in my own house. And then I would honor, honor everybody in my house. If there's dishonor in your house, I don't care. 
I, listen to me. I don't care. There's nowhere scripturally, and I'm going to read it here in a second. There's no room for you to poke, pick, or prod to bring disruption. Even if it ain't going the way you don't want it to go. If your home is not going the way you want it to go, honor is the only key to bring peace. Honor is the only key to bring peace. But you don't know what they did to me. That is the biggest phrase right now. Church hurt, offense, whatever you want to call it. You don't know what they did to me. I don't know. But I can tell you, in this book, everything says forgive, 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 forgive. Look around a little bit more. Forgive. Reconcile, forgive, reconcile, forgive, reconcile, forgive, reconcile, forgive. So am I preaching the message of a perfect church? No, I'm telling you, you're going to screw it up. But honor and forgiveness is going to open up everything to what you want. Honor and forgiveness is going to open up everything that you want. And to have this kind of relationship in your church, in your marriage, in your home, with your kids, on your ball team. Put up Romans 12, 9 for me. We're going to read this. This is the culture you want. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. You know what that means? Act in one way here, act in this another way. Why do you act like this and then act like this? Why do you act like this and you act like this? One thing, easy, the absence of love. Watch, why do they wear a mask? Because the inner movement of their heart is not the initiate to love. If you act one way here or one way in front of this group and one way in front of that group, the reason you act like that is because you have an absence of true love. And the moment you allow yourself to first what? Be loved by God. So we have a responsibility in here as believers. Every one of us. Don't just put this on the elders and me and Tina to be the first worshipers. If you, how did you, so you don't have a title at the Northgate. Listen, stop. I don't need you to counsel anybody. I don't need you to pastor anybody. If you've been doing this longer than five years, you should be mature enough that when we come into the house of God, you're here to lift your hands, lift your voice, and make an environment for people to love God. But we're still so immature that we make it about us. Ooh, I'm preaching tonight. I'm preaching tonight. And I hope there's leaders that end up hearing this. Man, where did he preach that message at? To the youth group. Why? Because they're with us now. And there's some adults that need some recalibration. We need messages like this. To why? To prepare us for where we're going. There's a lot of encouragement in this when you allow God to come in with love and fix what's off. I just said, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love. Be patient. Be kind. Keep no records of wrong. Never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted. Be devoted. What's that mean? Be present. Be present to tenderly loving. Tenderly. Tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor towards one another. I love that they use both the word respect and honor because when you hear honor, honor God, honor yourself, honor others, first means love God, love yourself, love others. But to honor means to have a high respect or great esteem. That's as a noun. As a verb, regard with great respect to fulfill a word or an obligation. To keep one's word is to walk in honor. Yeah, 
To respect is now, this is what I love, this is what I love. To respect someone means to honor them. To respect them means there will be a feeling. Oh, I will throw this microphone. If at one point you had a feeling towards someone of honor and all of a sudden it becomes dishonor, you have to check you, not them. Oh my God, I'll throw this. I will throw this microphone. It's them. No, what feeling in you changed? Because it wasn't honor them because or honor them if. You can't honor anymore because you can't love anymore because you lost that love and feeling. I'm, I, listen to me, it's true. You lose honor for someone because you lost a feeling of deep admiration for someone because of their ability, their achievements, or the position that you saw them in. You respect them because you had a feeling of admiration. You had to admire deeply as a result of their abilities, their qualities, or their position. You had a feeling. When I met Apostle D, I had a word and I felt something. I felt something on the inside of me. How could I ever leave that man when the feeling leaves because I allowed the feeling of love to go away? How could I come to the place that I dishonor the woman that I love because I allowed the feelings in me to shift and it takes respect and honor away. And then all of a sudden, we always point the finger towards them like we didn't do anything. Listen, the word by dictionary says you get the feeling first. That's home run. That's a home run because I can't control your feelings. Now listen, you could be weak-minded and let me control your feelings. And if you let somebody else control your feelings, you probably wrestle with something called the fear of man. No other human being should be able to maneuver your feelings. Only you and Holy Spirit should govern your feelings. This is deep, man. This is deep. If you get an attitude towards somebody in the youth group, look at me. You get an attitude towards them, why? Why do you feel that way towards them? You didn't start feeling that way towards them. Why do you feel that way now? Oh, because they're singing on the pulpit. Oh, because Papa D called them out. Oh, because... Come on, let's do it as adults. Oh, they got the prophetic word? Yes, I can show you scripture where it says we're supposed to go buck wild when a word comes to somebody else. Because if the word came to them, what did Apostle D come in here and say? Me first, you first, us first. Me first, you first, us first. If you become over me, then it's about us. If you get the word before me, it's still about us. Man, y'all got, are you hearing me tonight? I feel like an old Pentecostal Baptist preacher tonight. Are you hearing me? Tenderly be developed, devoted as members of a family loving each other. Watch. Try to outdo yourself in respect and honor. Listen, that means try to outdo even the smallest grain of what you think. Do more. Do more. What is that going to unlock? It will do this. It will unlock an enthusiastic ability to serve the Lord. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards Him boiling hot. If you are not enthusiastic, excited about God, you're lukewarm. Lukewarm means Jesus doesn't excite me anymore. Why doesn't Jesus excite you anymore? Because you can't love what He placed right in front of you. Because He said, how can you love me if you can't love them? 
Adults, you should be running around the room. Because some of you have lost your fire because you've lost your love for people. And if this is your home, then you should be serving somewhere. Somewhere you should be serving. That is what built this house. I am the pastor of this house. And when we put chairs back together, I'm putting chairs back together. When we're doing things, me and Tina are both doing them with the people. Oh, brother, you're not on the cleaning list. Do you want to trade places with me? I honor everybody on that cleaning list. And I honor everybody that's on the nursery. And I honor all of our children workers. But guess what? Me and Tina did that too. I'll tell you how my church cleaning experience went. I had a man that literally stabbed me in the back, destroyed my ministry, tried to rip my marriage apart, and I was pissed. I went to my next pastor, which was Jamie Taylor. And he's like, oh, brother, get the big prophecy. I see you to the nation. I see Woo, let's go, Cuddy. We're going to the nations. He said, but first, we're going to deal with your unforgiveness. What do you mean? Well, the pastor that you're still holding no feelings against. Yeah, what about him? Where's he at? Still at that church. Good. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. He said, I got an idea. Welcome to spiritual fathering. I got an idea. You're going to go to the man that hurt you, lied on you, stabbed you in the back. You're going to go tell that man you're going to clean his church for a month. I went to that man. Didn't ask for forgiveness. Didn't try to mend the relationship. Just said, I feel like the word of the Lord is I'm supposed to come clean this church. That man gave me the most stupidest things. Hours upon hours. And you know what I did? I did it. I cleaned every nook, cranny, and crevice. And you know what I learned in that? The first night I did it, I, I'm like, dude, I'm fresh out of the Marines. I still got muscles. I'm not fat, buggy. I could kill that man. The Lord's like, nope, we didn't deal with it yet. We didn't deal with it yet. Second week goes by. Third week goes by. Month goes by. Next month comes. Because Pastor Jamie says, till it's gone, you're going to keep cleaning that man's church. Now this is why I can forgive anybody. Guess what I did to a man that hurt me? I outdid myself in honor. What was I trying to achieve? Money, fame, prophetic words? No, wholeness, love, love, love. If you're ever honoring to get anything other than loved by Jesus, then you're missing the whole thing. Because I have a feeling over that person, over a place, or over a person, or over a thing, or over a ministry, or over a food bank, or over a job, or over a baseball team. When you start feeling love because of a position, because of qualities, because of abilities, you give into that with honor. And it's not just money, it's time. I didn't give them any money. For two months, I didn't give them a dime. You know what I gave them? What I had, and it was my time and my resource and ability. And if I can do that in honor, then when I was free from that unforgiveness, I could then do what I'm doing now, coaching sports, loving your kids, loving a city, loving a nation, running to Mobile. I did all that, but I had to clean a church first. Everybody wants the big thing, but you're stepping over the little things. To get to the big thing. Joey Mitchell knows that Stephanie Mitchell is my secretary right now. You want to talk about honor? 
The first time I met her and Joe, we got moved into a church parsonage that was a rental that looked like a crack house. It had baloney in it, Cuddy, that was as hard as Frisbees. You could snap it and you could fling it. In that, that place was a crack house. Joey Mitchell, freshly saved, goes in, paints every corner for my wife and kids. Stephanie goes in and cleaned every nook and cranny of that house. That was 15 years ago. She'd just been promoted to leadership in this house three months ago. It's the little things. It was the marriage. It was the finances. It was their children. It was the... They, they, somebody, come on, man. It was Roy going away and coming back. It was the little things. It was the little things. It was the little things. And if you could ask her, she said, the moment I laid eyes on you, she said, the Lord told me we would be with you the rest of my life. And she said, the Lord told me I would be your administrator one day. And she kept that tucked away on the inside. And she kept honoring the little things and the little steps and the big, and boom. Be enthusiastic to serve. Didn't say be enthusiastic to give a prophetic word. Didn't say be enthusiastic. Listen to me, teenagers. Did not say be enthusiastic to get a microphone. It said to serve. Adults in this room who don't want to do the care team anymore, don't want to clean, don't want to do the nursery, don't want to do the children's church, don't want to do this, don't want to do that for the family. Listen to what it's, you will lose your enthusiasm. You are in a family. What kind of pressure would be on Tina if we did not teach our kids to do a 10-minute clean, do their laundry, put their clothes away? What kind of stress? Y'all, some of y'all need to hear this because your homes need to hear this. What kind of stress would that woman be over if she had to take care of everybody? Welcome to the small expression of denominational local church that they put everything on the church leaders. And then want to call this place home, call this place family. And then when people start getting burnt out, don't get mad at them. It's you that wouldn't do anything. I hope there are leaders hearing this tonight. Leaders in this region, I'm helping you tonight. If a man can get up and preach this message without fear of people leaving, and I'm not afraid of it. Y'all know that. I'm getting this house ready for 2023. Because if you think it's going to stay like this, I'm only taking a couple chairs out of this room so that the kids have something soft to sit on. We're taking 30 chairs out of here. That's it. We're leaving over 200 plus in this sanctuary because I want to come up here and do some rearranging. And Tina stopped me and said, don't you dare take all them chairs down. I said, why? She said, like the movie, uh, The Giants, Facing the Giants. She said, like the man that walked through the school and prayed over every locker. She said, you better prepare for rain. And it took me back. Listen, it took me back that when we started the youth group with, with Warren and his brother, were the first ones. Jesse V were the first, which I had a dream about her the other night, were the first ones in a, in a youth service. I remember putting out like 60 chairs and then had one kid show up the first week, second week, three kids show up. And I told Tina, man, I'm going to start taking these chairs down. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, you better prepare for rain. I'm telling you within a month, the one service I wasn't there, I got a phone call from Brian and Chrissy King. They said, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? They said, there are 55 kids here. 
Guess what we got to do? Just love. Just love. I got to keep track of time. Just love. I'm going to land this plane. Get ready. I'm going to land this. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion boiling hot towards him. Radiant with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let the hope burst forth within you, releasing continual joy. Don't give up in the time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the needs. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Speaking blessings. This is why we can't be in cliques in here on Sundays. We have to be the welcoming party. I'm done with this little silliness. We have a little welcome team. No, stop. Every single one of us should be welcoming when a visitor comes in this house. Wrap your arms around them. We should be constant in the entrance of the needs of God's beloved people respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Speak blessings, not cursings over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who, I love this part right here. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. That tells you right there, you can't sit in a worship service with your hands in your pockets. If, if, if nobody's crying, we're all jumping. If somebody's weeping, we better be fighting over each other and kicking and slapping. Like that's the only time you can slap somebody is to get somebody to love on them when they're crying. Y'all tracking with me? Celebrate with those who celebrate. Weep with those who grieve. Live happily together. Live happily together in the spirit of harmony. And be as mindful of another's worth as you are your own value. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you are too important to serve others. Do not live in the north gate thinking you don't have to do anything. But be willing to do the minimal tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug. Or even think of a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even. But plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Simply in my notes on the side right here, I said be at peace. Be, be 100% at peace. Teenagers, why do you need this tonight to learn to be at peace and be so alive now? Because you're going to get married one day. You're going to get married one day. Sissy, I want you to come up here and sit down. I can do this because you're my daughter. See, one day, Sissy has to learn to honor herself. Because this is how Jesus sees her. This is how Abba sees her. So I have to raise her to engage in worship. Parents, you're going to have to start having these awkward conversations. When you got kids flat out going for it and your kid don't want nothing to do with it, you just, you're going to have to start, why? Why? Some of you teenagers have to begin to ask yourself, why? What in you is a feeling that you don't feel like you should honor God. Why are you looking on the stage? 
Why are you looking at anybody else in the crowd? You're being taught how to engage God. Because God sees the youngest and the oldest like this. But watch how distractions work. We started this with distractions and we're going to end this with distractions, right? Especially for all the teenagers who are single because I'm going to make an announcement because something happened in all the teenagers here. If you don't know, you don't know and you don't need to know. But something happened here. Something happened here that made it apparent how my apostle feels about dating. You know how my apostle feels about dating? It's called divorce practice. No, it is. It is. When you let your children start thinking like they're married and they're 13, 14, 15, 16, should your children, all, we have four rooms in this, in this church. Four rooms in, in, according to the word, I have a teaching on it. This, the first one's discovery. I got many couples in here that have done this. Discovery. Then we go into courting. From courting, we go into engagement. From engagement, we go into covenant. And I'm going to counsel you through that in this church if I'm going to marry you and make a covenant with God. We're going to walk through those steps because I'd rather counsel you on that side than on the other side. So the church world would be like, that's control, brother. Sit in a marriage counseling. You, Jack, sit in a marriage counseling and tell me how fun it is. It's not. It's not at all. Two people you love with all of your heart, two people you married, you love with all of your heart cannot find the love of Jesus in their home and it crushes you as a father. It crushes you because it all starts right here. Are you beloved? This right here, a full blossom rose is how Abba sees every single one of us. But what happens is we start giving pieces of ourselves away because we don't know how to love ourselves correctly and honor ourselves correctly. And then we want to turn and try to honor other people without honoring ourselves and watch honoring God first. Why do we not want to honor God when God is present and He is near? Because we're so afraid and so ashamed and so guiltful of that the world may see how broken I am. But God goes, I will fix that and I will put people around you to help you fix that. But we give pieces of our wholeness away, especially when you're young, to people we shouldn't do. And in discovery, you should always be in a group setting. You should never be alone. I tell that to every single person. Now watch this. For every relational person in the kingdom, unless you're in covenant with that person, you should always be in a group setting. So you can guard your conversation so other people can begin to hear it. Because too many times, adults, we're talking one-on-one -on -one with nobody else around and your words have gotten twisted over the last 30 years. Because we're giving pieces of ourself away to people that we were supposed to trust. So why don't we do dating at the North Gate? Because this is valuable. This is beautiful. And immediately... When we start holding hands, a piece of us go away. You gave that to somebody. Then, after we hold hands a little bit, I love you. Another piece goes away. Then, intimacy happens. Come on, we know how it works in the church world. Can we get real in here? 
The oral thing's not the real thing. Gave a piece away. Then when I flirt around with the oral thing, then I step into the real thing. And the real thing is covenant. It's not a good time. It's not pleasure. It's covenant. The Bible intended it for to be lifetime. So that's not one pedal, that's two. Then all of a sudden you realize that person wasn't of God because they couldn't honor God. They couldn't really honor you because they never really honored their self. Then they break up with you and you lose another piece of you. And then the next one comes along because nobody teaches you how to honor yourself. And you tell the next person because, man, this one's different than the other one. But just because they're different doesn't mean it's different. So you hold their hand and then you kiss them and then you tell them I love you and then you go oral then you go covenant again and now this is the second relationship and now you're broken and you're hurting more because you feel like there's less of you than all of you you feel like there's less of you this is why we don't do divorce practice at the north gate because when my daughter kisses a boy, I want it to be the man. When she holds his hand, I want him to be the man. When she births his children, I want him to be the everlasting man. When he kisses a girl, I want it to be the one and only girl. When he has children, I want it to be the one and only girl. And so what we do is we go on to the third one because this one's different than the other two. And now I don't have much to give them because I can't trust. I'm broken. I'm shattered. I feel like I have nothing at all. But I'm going to try to give you a little bit. But I feel like I have nothing to give. And this is dating. This is high school dating. So you try for a third time. Adults, will you agree with me in this room? I love you. You better watch who you say I love you to. Because every time you say I love you, when I, as a man, told Brandon, I love you, son, I gave him a piece of me. <laughs> when I look at you and tell you I love you, I gave you a piece of me. I'm a covenant man. I'm a non-negotiable man. Family means something to me. And if you give these to the right people, come here, B. Come here, Cuddy. Come here, Talani. Then my flower looks whole again because of the whole people I put around me. Go ahead and sit down. Go ahead and sit down. Go ahead and sit down. No, you stay put, Taylor. Because I'm going to tell you teenagers what, what I had to wrestle with. On my wedding day, Tina was a virgin. Tina had more petals on the flower. And I remember John Hinchman tells the story the best. He said, I've never seen a man weep the way I wept at my wedding. And when those doors flung open, Holy Spirit rushed in because I knew that was my wife.
not because of what she looked like, because I heard God. Apostle Damon tells you the story. When Tammy Thompson walked by him, he heard God. And I'm telling you, I didn't have this beloved identity message, and I didn't have this no dating message. And I stood at an altar, what I felt like was a stick with thorns. Can go down there, sissy. Go down here, right here, and turn around. And what was walking at me was purity. And so when you hold a stick with thorns, you feel like you're not whole. I was rough around the edges. I had scars. And it took me three years to begin to start to get through some of that, didn't it, babe? And then it took me even four more years till I got to Apostle Damon. Till I got to a man, come here. You can sit down now. That told me as a man, I'm loved. I'm going to tell you girls like this. Every time you get a friend on Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat that is somebody you don't know physically, girls, look at me. You're giving a piece of yourself away. I do not even click at a friend unless I scroll. Not, not a month. I mean, I scroll on somebody's thing and be like, do I know them? No, I don't. That's why my Facebook don't get hacked. Because I just don't give anybody access to me. And you'll probably look at my face and go, well, there's like 3,000 people. I know 3,000 people, I promise. But I'll tell you right now, I shut my Facebook off in 2017. You can ask my wife. I think I had like 7,000 friends. I didn't know half of them. And you know what they were doing as I was traveling the nation? I love you, brother. Oh, you do? Where are you at now? They took pieces of me. They took pieces of me. I love what Brandon said the last time he spoke. A real covenant family member, when you blow it big, will still love you like Jesus. I don't care what they post on social media and Twitter and Facebook. So I'm making an announcement here. Does this youth group feel like it's in revival? Do you feel like it's in revival? I've done this for years. Do you want to know what will crush this real quick? And parents, you better listen to me. Do you know what will crush this in your children real quick? Dating. Because when this one likes this one, they start discovering each other and they go, nap, nap, didn't really think you were it. Do I let my children talk to other females as friends? I do. But when I hear it's escalating into something, it gets cut right off. Why? Because the most important thing I could do for every girl here that's not, that does not have my last name, know that you are completely loved by Jesus first. I know there's people in this city probably going to be mad at me. The best thing you can do for your kids is not let them date. Let them know they're loved by God first. Because there's a, there's a lot of adults in this city. You went to the altar of your wedding day feeling like that and didn't tell nobody. And then it made intimacy weird. It made trying to live together weird. It's serious in here right now. 
it's serious in here right now. Guess what the number one distraction of God is? Dating for teenagers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to come in here. Dakota, stand back up there. Tina, go on the other side. There's nothing more distracting than both of us trying to go after him while one's trying to stare at the other. I can't show nowhere in the scripture text where it tells me to stare into her face. But it tells me to stare into his face. Now watch this. Well, that's your wife. Come here, Dakota. This is what marriage really looks like. Dakota, I want you to stare at me. Tina, I want you to stand behind him. If I want to stare into the eyes of beloved, I better see beloved through him and see her. But this thing will get all messed up if I take Jesus out of the center of my relationship and we stare at each other. Because you know what I'll start seeing then? Flaws. Half of your marital problem is because you won't go after God. You don't come to prayer meetings. You're not listening to what the apostolic's saying. You don't hear anything that's happening in this house and going, what's wrong with my marriage? What's wrong with my company? What's wrong with my finances? Here, I'm going to put you right here. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to end, it has always been and it will always be you, Jesus. Jesus, because nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. If I want the perfect marriage that when I slow dance with her in romance, I better be, watch the Bible says it's in him, in Jesus, I live and move and have my being. When I reach to touch my wife, I better be going into Christ and coming to her. Watch. Get him out of it. I see flaws. I, I see a human. I don't care what kind of clothes they wear. I don't care. Are you supposed to be attracted to the person? Yes, you're, and you're teenagers and your hormones are running wild. That's fine. But that's even more adults that we should not letting them date. I sit and have conversations with my healthy conversations. Who do you think is pretty? I have those healthy conversations with my children. But do you want to know who's in the middle of my conversations? Come here, Trent. Get behind Dakota. It's even the same way I see my son. And if I move him out, then guess what I see? A flawed teenage boy who's making mistakes, who's screwing up. Or I can see him through the eyes of beloved. Damon Thompson says it like this. Kids, hear me. Do not make a move unless you've heard in devotion it's what you're supposed to do. Unless you've heard in the secret place. And then what solidifies what you heard in the secret place? You go to somebody to pray with you. I'll just say it like it exists because it makes people cringe. Go to spiritual authority and let's pray together. Most everybody in this room are 
watching live stream that has financial troubles is because you took him out of the equation and you made decisions off of what feels good, looks good, sounds good. It's not how the kingdom works. Everything is in Jesus Christ. I live and move and have my being. And how does the word of the Lord get established? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Do I give an altar call? No, you don't. This is teaching. So are you supposed to think girls are hot? I hope. I hope. We don't go that way in Lovejoy House, brother. Y'all tracking with me? Honor God. Honor yourself. Honor others. Stop getting distracted. What, what, what's being distracted? Being distracted is me not walking hand in hand with Jesus. And as I walk hand in hand with Jesus, I'm teaching my children to walk hand in hand with the Lord. Are they screwing up? They are. Listen, he screwed up this week, this weekend, as amazing as a weekend it was. He is 13 and did a dumb 13-year-old move. Did he screw up this weekend? Yes, he is 14 and made a dumb 14-year-old move. So guess what he doesn't have for the next two weeks till we come back from Mobile? A cell phone. Because he made a selfish move. So things that make you draw to self, we take away. He made a bad enough boo-boo that when the boo-boo is bad enough, here's all the liberals that are going to cringe. Tyler, go up to my room. You get to select what belt you want off the back of the door. And you get to wax. And not because I'm emotionally mad. Because he needs to learn boundaries. His situation had to do with a selfish, distractive action. He crossed personal boundaries. And it's my job as a dad to raise my children in the way of the Lord. Now, you ready? I'm ending with this. It's also my job as the father of this house to raise you in the way of the Lord. And if I poked at anything in your inner world tonight, it's because I love you. Same way when I whipped him, I love him. When I took his phone, I love him. What's fun? He's laughing. Some of you would have an utmost breakdown. My cell phone, oh my God. Don't act like you wouldn't. You know what that means? If you would act like that with your phone, I'd probably go home and give my phone to my parent and say, keep it for a month. If you're a teenager that you would literally freak out, you don't own a company. You, you're not CEOs of anything. You can only check the weather and Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook so much. You ready for the next big piece? How many people are you communicating with all the time? Want nothing to do with Jesus, don't talk about Jesus, aren't interested in Jesus, make fun of Jesus, and you still call them a friend. 
Do you know what your life is? A tug of war. Because Jesus makes you feel like this. Do those friends make you feel like this? This is a real tough question for you boys. These girls want to be this because you were designed to be beautiful. So if there's anybody that's making you feel unbeautiful out of the love of God, stop distracting me. Stop distracting me. If there's anybody in your world, Jamie, that doesn't make you feel anything then like this, then you run away from them and you run right in here because everybody in here sees you like this. I watched spiritual mamas when you came in with tears in your eyes. They wanted to get out of their seat and come hug you. There's someone want to do it right now. Who wants to do it right now? Come on, come on, come on. You know why? Because Jamie, they felt like this before. They felt like this. They felt like this. Come on, pray in the spirit with me. Come on. Thank you for watching the live stream. Take everything I said to heart. I don't wish any harm on anybody. I wish nothing but the love of Jesus for everyone. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Gate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.